This is the Basics Guide to Women's Wrestling Presents, the Basics Guide to Wrestling Reality. Probably your only source, but definitely your best one for recaps of the shows nobody asked for and bits of wrestling gossip you don't need but will make you go... Hey, it's Liz here, and this is Wrestling Reality. Um, kind of a bonus show, just recapping the reality shows surrounding wrestling right now. Um, Total Bellas. Uh, Ms. and Mrs. are back, so I figured this would be the perfect time to just dedicate a little bit of time to these reality shows because, I mean, they're they're my favorite and I don't feel bad watching them. I had to stop watching shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because it just felt wrong. I used to enjoy those shows and then it just got kind of sad. And so, I mean, the good thing that comes from Ms. and Mrs. and Total Divas um, is that they are still sort of scripted and I've mentioned it before, um, they just wrap up pretty nicely. I'm not about to go on like a dark drama TV journey here. I kind of want to keep things light, especially this year. I, we kind of need that. So I'm just glad Ms. and Mrs. is back on USA. Um, and I think it's a little bit different than the other productions or reality shows that you see on different channels like E! or Bravo. Um, because it's very sitcom-y. It's only a 30-minute show, so it's a very easy watch. And the season premiere has, I think it was the season premiere, but there was two episodes, I think. Um, if you haven't seen Ms. and Mrs. before, this is um, awesome Ms. TV WWE and his wife, Maurice, who's a former wrestler. So she does, I don't think she's ever come back into the ring like since having her she came in once and it was against um Brie and Daniel Bryan uh but yeah other than that you're just gonna know her as Marie's um the great thing about this show is <laughs> their daughter Monroe is freaking adorable and their Marie's mom Marjo is insane and I love her and she's like the best person on tv right now um so yeah, if you have seen the seasons, we're just going to jump right into the premiere. And Miz wants to go film a movie. He thinks he needs to be around to help Marie's during her second pregnancy because, oh, also they're back in LA. They moved away from Texas. I knew that was going to happen. I knew Marie's was not going to like living down there. And yeah, no, sure enough, they moved back to LA. Uh, and it suits them a lot better. I was like really weirded out with like talks of Costco trips and stuff. It's not what I want to see, especially from like the it couple. Um, but yeah, so Monroe, I think she's still not talking, but in my head she does. And I also think she has a French accent, but only like, I'm sure she speaks French because of Marjo and Marie's, but I think they taught her to only speak with a French accent in English. Um, and she always looks like, like she looks like she could be talking in like a degrading uh, tone towards her parents and in French. So the, seriously, Monroe is just like the cutest baby. I forget how cute she is. Um, so if you're going to like gush over any celebrity baby, it, make it, make it Monroe because she comes with Marjo who, and I, I don't think it was this episode, but I'll talk about it later. Marjo has a tank of oxygen that she like rolls around with her. I didn't know if she was sick or not, but well, anyway, I'll talk about it a little bit later. Marie's in this episode is very pregnant and one of her, 
I guess like the gag for this episode is that she's constipated. And as happens with lots of pregnant women, I thought when she was going to the doctor, it was going to be way more serious. Um, but again, this is Ms. and Mrs. This isn't going to get too, uh, it too real. Well, I mean, this is kind of real, but it's not going to be like a total downer. Um, yeah, Marie's it just can't go. And with Ms. trying to go film a movie, Marie's is very encouraging. And it's probably just because they are having the second baby. And she's like, yes, please go work. Make us some money. And even though Ms. is the one who normally would be like jumping out to go do something like that or like leave his family. In this case, he doesn't want to um, leave Marie's alone with all this stuff to do. Um, mainly it's... For so, okay, so they have like this huge house in Los Angeles. I'm assuming Beverly Hills. I'm not really sure. But their huge garage is already like filled with junk. Like how does that happen? Um, and it's like that was some of the, the funniest part of, of this scene is seeing the type of junk that they have. One of them being a, I don't know, like a decorative shelving unit that you like my parents or my grandparents would put figurines on top of. Like it was strictly for figurines and junk that they collected. And Marie seemed to have one of these, but it was like black iron rot with little jewels in them. So it seemed like she maybe brought them from her first apartment from like living alone. Cause I know I had something like that when I was living in my first apartment. Um, yes, so there's no excuse for them to have kept this. And that's what I'm thinking, like, here's a harmless conspiracy theory, as um, my husband would like to coin. Um, harmless conspiracy theory. Marie's doesn't actually have junk. She went to a garage sale to collect it for this storyline. And the storyline is like she wants Miz to clean out this garage, um, except for the pinball machine that they have in there. Marie's wants to sell that pinball machine. And that's the one thing I like very much disagree with, especially because it's like a Guns N' Roses pinball machine. Does it play Guns N' Roses? Probably. And Miz should get to keep it. Um, so the big takeaway from these episodes, um, and I'm going to probably blend them together because I want to say it was like an hour premiere, but they're home in Austin and like, it makes sense. The homes in Texas are huge. Their home in Austin had casitas for the moms. I knew Marjo lived with them. I didn't know if Mrs. Mom Barbara lives with them, but in this home in LA, um, they do not have separate homes for the mother-in-laws. I don't know if it's, well, I think for them, it's a pretty good idea. Like what their backgrounds, uh, well, I don't know what it is like in Europe, but I'm just going to assume that they're very close to their families. And obviously Ms. is like attached to his parents. So they all live together on like this big compound, which is kind of like a dream if you have kids. Speaking as like someone with kids, well, one kid. I would totally love to have, um, you know, the help living on property, a.k.a. my mom. And they do that with Marjo and I'm assuming Barbara, which is great. I can't figure out if Barbara and Mrs. Dad, Mr. Ms. are married because he comes to visit in this episode from Ohio. Um, so I'm just going to guess that maybe they're not together. Either that or Barbara left to go help with the baby. 
And I don't blame her for wanting to like leave her husband for a little bit because he's a little bit much. Um, oh, his name is George, not Mr. Miz, but still. I can't say if this is a B plot because this kind of does center around Miz, but we get some cool WWE action backstage and it's um, Miz hanging out with his friend, Zack Ryder. And I want, oh, who else was the other person that was with him backstage? Oh, I can't remember. But basically, Zack Ryder has um, a podcast where he just talks about action figures. And he's telling Miz that he's bidding on a $10,000 action figure of Kamala. Kam I can't remember. It's some old wrestler. And he would paint like stuff on his stomach. And the one that Zack Ryder was bidding on um, had a moon tattooed on his belly or something. like. It's like as lame as you think it sounds. But I am going to say, like, if Zack Ryder is part of a nerd patrol, it's like one of the hottest ones. Also, if you don't know who Zack Ryder is, it's fine because, like, I, I always forget about him. Well, Miz is supposed to be, I'm telling, I'm going back and forth because I, I totally blended these two episodes. I didn't organize it properly where I knew which one was which. But Mr. Miz was out there to help Marie's like clean out some stuff. Well, actually, he was helping watch Baby Monroe, but Marie's was like terrified by his parenting that she put him on garage duty. And for good reason, there's a little montage of Mr. Miz just basically creeping Monroe the F out. Um, well, not maybe not creeping, but like Monroe isn't having it. She knows better. She's she's an old French lady, so it makes sense. Ms. Mr. Miz is teaching Monroe how to play blackjack, which mm, I can't fault. I would probably do the same thing. Uh, then he also, I don't know, he was like playing with her and then got himself stuck on a teeter-totter teeter tot teeter swinger teeter hanger it's that thing that you hang upside down in that's supposed to relieve um your like pressure off your spine and i i really need this and not just because the commercial makes me laugh and all the parodies of that commercial make me laugh you know it's the one with the 70 year old man jumping up like an inch off the ground saying he's 70 years old and he feels great anyway Mr. Miz gets himself stuck on that and Monroe just starts crying and bounces. Like so that that's part of the montage. Marie's totally understand why she wouldn't want him watching Monroe. He also tried feeding her chips. I think she's only one. Back to the action figure part of the episode. Um Zack Ryder wants Miz to pick up this action figure that he's bidding on he wanted so he was asking Miz to go meet some dude in a parking lot to uh yeah like to bring it to him and um they kind of make this a little bit goofier than it needs to be like it's super boring but I think it's in Miz's contract where he has to have his own storyline of the episode even though he could be still involved in Marie's. He has to have his own thing going on. And it's never as funny or as clever as he thinks it is. It's, um, you know, like a lot of wrestling matches that are booked very predictable. And so Miz goes to this parking lot, like outside of a storage unit place, and is waiting for the mobile toy truck to come. Which you would think would have been a lot cooler, but it was like a man driving a really old ice cream truck and just decided to start selling toys out of it. But then that wouldn't make any sense because if people are bidding for it online, 
that's what he's using to just, I guess, deliver the toys in? I don't know. Maybe he lives in the truck. Anyway, I was expecting like a cool 18-wheeler pulling up that was just filled with a bunch of toys. No, it was like just, it was a creepy ice cream truck that has been out of commission for ice cream duties anyway, and just sort of morphed into a sad old toy truck that carries action figures of Marie's. Because we know she hasn't been wrestling for a long time. Um, And again, this plot still kind of boring, but the takeaway is Miz had to pick up Zack Ryder's Kamala action figure that's worth $10,000 or more. Um, because when he gets home, he, he buys like other action figures and is like trying to compare his to Marisa's. Anyway, um, he tells everybody not to touch the $10,000 action figure. And of course, because this is a scripted sitcom reality show, um, somebody's moved the action figure and Ms. Catches Ms. catches the dog chewing up the toy. And at this moment, I felt so sick, like, because I realized, yeah, that's $10,000 that he's going to have to pay back to Zack Ryder because F that, I'd be asking for that money back. But at the same time is when I read the news about Zelina getting let go. I'm sure we'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit more on the Basics Guide to Women's Wrestling. But I just have to say about it right now. It's so... Oh, it it it's such a dumb idea like for to let her go and i know that there's been these um rumors about like unionization talks backstage or like wwe was um trying to like really take control of the superstars um twitch accounts and third party accounts and in this case Zelina's only fans account wwe's reasoning was that her OnlyFans account was the last straw. It was probably like the last straw that they weren't going to be making money off of. But yeah, like such, it's such bullshit. Like Zelina was already getting featured too. She's so talented. And just like her persona, like she's just, she, and then like to find out, you know, she was talking on Twitch about being let go. And, you know, she's saying like, this is the only thing that she wanted to do. She wanted to be a wrestler. She wanted to do that, like growing up. and. Well, I know she's going to be successful in other in other bouts, but it's just really upsetting news. And yeah, like, I mean, they haven't let go of Paige yet. I wonder what the difference could be. Anyway, um, I was sick at that news. And then also seeing this dog eating a $10,000 toy. Um, yeah, and, and it turns out that uh, the $10,000 toy was actually in the garage. What the dog was eating was one of the many toys that Ms. bought as like a gag or something. I told you, it's not like super clever or as hilarious as he probably thinks it is. But um, yeah, he's an older guy. He does dad jokes. So what do you expect? Um, anyway, he's super happy about the toy being found and not eaten and he starts like kiss attacking Marjo and this scares the crap out of Monroe. I don't know if like you've <laughs> seen kids like get really upset when they see like grown people fighting or like their moms 
play fighting. This was the case. But again, Monroe just can't be bothered. You can't really mess with her like a normal baby. She can see through everyone's BS and she isn't putting up with these silly dad pranks. Like that's just Monroe. She's not, okay, unlike Tarek's daughter from um, Flip or Flop, Monroe loves her parents. Um, I'm just saying like she just has no time for shenanigans. Um, so anyway, at the end of the episode, Miz just takes um, Zack Ryder, his, his toy that he needed, and they did an episode about it. And they, oh, anyway, it, it didn't have Marie's in the scene, so I didn't really care that much. And I can tell you that I totally blended those two episodes together because I, I don't remember where the first one ended and how we got to the podcast about the action figures, but it's fine. That was Ms. and Mrs. previews for next week. Probably. I just, I didn't stay around for them. I'll just tell you about the episode next week. Total Bellas. Total Bellas is on E. And I forget about that because when I started watching it, I remember like their slow-mo um, establishing shots that they like to shoot with like overdone like filters and um, just like a ton of background blur. It's so, it's just really so cheesy. And it's like kind of, I mean, it's the style of E. Um, yes, it's reality TV, but it doesn't have to be, you know, so dramatic, I guess. Um, yeah, it's cheesy. And at the beginning of this episode, the whole season just gets previewed. So we know what's going to happen. We know what to expect. We just all get to watch it unfold week after week. And um, again, like still, if you're new to this show and you watched it, like going in um, very serious, like wanting to take this very seriously, um, it's a lot more fun when you don't look at it that way. Um, but I mean, still, the, the best part about Nikki and Brie is they actually are very unapologetic about uh, getting raw and real and stuff. And uh, we are reminded of that because Nicole is asking about her puffy vagina. And I, I'm okay. So <laughs> before we get into that, Brie and Nikki are living next door to each other in Phoenix. And again, I know where they, I, well, they don't live there anymore because they just announced that they moved to Napa. Um, I know what neighborhood they were living in because I used to work around there. So they're always driving, they were always driving up and down Indian school. Um, I, in this episode, they go to a car wash and I remember I, I wouldn't go to the car wash, but I would go to that gas station and I would go to the nearby grocery store and there was a Whole Foods across the street. Um, yeah, so I don't live in Arizona anymore, but when I, uh, well, just like watching this episode just kind of made me a little, not homesick, but j definitely nostalgic for my time in Phoenix for sure. So yeah, back to Nicole's puffy vagina. I think she's at Bree's house and she's talking about wanting to shave down. Um, yeah, no, I think she said that she wants to shave down there and she needs a seat and Bree has a shower <laughs> the seat in it and she freaks out looking at because she's all shaved and she asks Brie to come look at it to see if it's normal because I mean Brie's been through this pregnancy before oh yeah like if you have <laughs> I don't think we really recapped it on some uh on basics guide to women's wrestling but I did mention that Brie and Nikki were both pregnant at the same time 
Nikki, we found out on the season finale that she was having a boy. And I mean, if you follow their Instagram accounts uh, or just like entertainment news in general, they both had little boys, except Brie was keeping hers a surprise, I believe. And Nikki did find out um, the sex of her baby, Mateo. And so there's, it's really cool because I have like experienced what they have. Um, not the puffy vagina part, I don't remember, but them uh, being able to like be with each other while they're pregnant at the same time and they get to share that experience even with covid happening they are right next door to each other they basically quarantine with one another so they can still see each other and really um get to spend a lot of quality time together it sounds silly but i'm just really happy for them and that they got to experience it with one another um in this episode we find out that nikki is uh suffering from the same bout that marie's is and she's also having constipation issues i guess this is a thing <laughs> very common um and yeah so the good thing about brie is you know, because she's been through all of this before and she actually researches a ton, she just gives a lot of advice to Nikki and she gives her a lot of really good advice too. As some, like, I wouldn't say it, but some other people would say Bree's a little bit of a stick in the mud. Um, it's doesn't matter because she's pretty much spot on about everything. And, you know, she's telling Nikki that she doesn't have to go back to LA to have her baby, but of course, because health insurance is a huge scam, even though Nikki wants to have her baby in Phoenix with Brie, she can't because she'd have to pay out-of-pocket expenses and she's not a gazillionaire. Brie is also talking to Nikki about the research that she should be doing, like just books to give her. And Nikki has that mindset that I'm not really, like I don't care for it, is People didn't have this research or books back in the day, and we turned out fine. It's like, mm, but did you really? I don't think so. <laughs> and like, why wouldn't you read up on some of this stuff that other people have been through or have researched that know more than you do just to like, you know, prepare you a little bit? It sucks like going in blind. Why would you want to do that to yourself? I don't get it. I, I just don't get that like way of thinking. But Nikki doesn't want to research and it's fine though because Brie finds another way around it and she does take it I don't know I feel like she takes like some things a little bit too far but hey this is reality tv and Nikki or Brie puts Nikki and Artem through like a boot camp of what it's going to be like to have a newborn and so they have like Daniel Bryan recording himself screaming as if he were a baby and they're playing this to just show them what it's like as soon as you sit down it's they're gonna start crying about something else not as soon as you sit down but you know it's just constantly go 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 and you are a zombie that's like the one thing they could never really prepare them for is the lack of sleep that's gonna happen um what else happens in this episode again nikki and artem together i i still I'm not, I'm not, on. well, it doesn't matter what I think, but I just, I think he's going to be a very good dad. I mean, it already seems like he is a good dad, but I don't think that him and Nikki are meant for each other, which I mean, like in the long run, 
But that's just my opinion. It doesn't matter. Again, the Bellas are just trying to have it all and they're talking about their businesses and whatnot. But again, like pandemic hits and we get to see how it all plays out. But one of the things that they talk about is Brie and Nikki's book. I haven't read it yet. Um, I would like to. And just because, you know, I've heard them in their other interviews where they talk about some of their personal stories. And it's so fascinating just to like hear how they grew up and where they came from. And in this episode, um, Nikki reveals that she was actually assaulted when she was a teenager. And it was just like, we've always, I don't know, <laughs> me and my husband, we've always felt a kinship towards Nikki. And it was just like, so sad. Like I kind of knew this was coming obviously, but, um, just like to hear that she went through that, like as a young woman or as a, as a young girl, she was a teenager and keeping it from her parents because they were going through a divorce. And like, it just shows Nikki's vulnerability that she has, but she always does try to put on that strong front. She doesn't ever want to be seen as weak. And it maybe like stems from this again, like I haven't read the book. I'd love to. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, I feel a lot for Nikki and, and Brie too. Like she's gone through her own like tragedies as a young girl. Um, but yeah, with Nikki in this case, it, her mom didn't even know until she read the book because like she just, I don't know, she just seems like she doesn't want to be a burden sometimes. And um, yeah, just I, it, it's really cool to hear though that Nikki does go to therapy and that she's not completely work this out but you know just seeing like how she how she can really help others like by telling her story which is really great and again this is one of the reasons why I like Total Bellas as much as I do as scripted as it is and some of the some of the I guess storylines um as produced as they are like we still always get to see like the real sides of Pri and Nikki's lives and in this case, um, yeah, like some stuff that's very personal to them. It's a very, it's a real departure from Total Divas for sure. And even the first few seasons um, were a little bit, I, I'm telling you, last season was the one where they really just let everything out. And it was one of their better seasons too, as uncomfortable as it might've been to watch it sometimes. Because again, like it's probably something that we, shouldn't be watching but if anything it's more of a positive because of the way that they resolve it or the way they come out the other side and we see them um yeah just like telling their stories then it's it's a lot less vapid than what you see on other reality tv shows and that's why we're going to talk about it and so i'm just really excited to see how everything plays out um because we just get like classic Nikki Bree banter and same with Ms. and Mrs. It's so silly and lighthearted and it's just like not going to take up a ton of mental energy and we should we should all save that right now and I would suggest yeah watching some Total Bellas and uh, some Ms. and Mrs. So that's it for the recaps this week. Bye bye to the prim and the proper. Bye bye to the pink and the pasture. I 
just a little bit of wrestling reality gossip, Alexa Bliss is engaged to 50s heartthrob Ryan Cabrera. Um, she posted on her Instagram a little proposal video. And honestly, they are so cute. Um, just from even from his dumb Instagram account, they actually are pretty cute together. And so, yeah, congratulations to Alexa Bliss. Um, Becky Lynch posted her pregnancy photos. Holy damn. Like, okay, at first I um, was super shocked by like how hot she looked and her face looks great. Like, I don't know, her skin looks amazing. And then I was upset because it's like wow even pregnant like she just puts like so many other people to shame and also why didn't she film her own reality show I would have really really loved to see that pregnancy journey mostly because they're keeping it so damn secretive anyway Becky Lynch looks amazing and um Sasha's in the Mandalorian so I'm just gonna let Joseph talk about that a little bit Clearly I'm biased, but there aren't enough words for how well Mercedes did in this episode of The Mandalorian. The episode by far is the best one of the series, and it would have been even without her because of the story, but her character and the way she plays it are just the cherry on top. In this episode, she definitely brings the Shawn Michaels factor, and she has maybe three lines tops, but she steals the show. The other Mandalorians are much more important, and and being that I love Star Wars more than almost everything, I did appreciate them more. However, Sasha, she was just amazing. So these Mandalorians show up and are immediately the new standard for a Mandalorian, the way they carry themselves in their armor, the way they move. They just put the main character from this show, from the last season and a half of this show, to shame within seconds of showing on screen. From the first moment where she shows up cloaked on screen, to being the one to save the child, to dropping a stormtrooper on a cruising ship, to walking by Din and just completely emasculating him in my eyes, looking him down the way that she did as he was hesitant to uh, jump into action and they were leaping right into it. It was just amazing. And the way she sold those mannerisms was just... Obviously, obvious that she's been doing this for years, um, just happens to be in a different avenue of her profession. Needed to recover after watching this episode. We got taken out late by like five days because I couldn't. I just couldn't. Uh, yeah, it was great. And I'm probably going to watch it again at least five more times before the weekend's over. The other thing that just came up on Sasha's Twitter that I think should just be brought to everyone's attention was uh they were asking what her dream japanese matches would be and she listed um miko satamura as one of them and as i know i don't know as many japanese wrestlers but for the ones that i have seen satamura is my favorite and you should all go and check out the match that she has with asuka except um if you look it up her name is kana and it's one of the coolest matches that I've ever seen. They got like the drum, the the Japanese drummer, uh, well, I guess like playing a Japanese drum throughout the entire thing. It is so cool. Um, it's like something that you'd see out of a movie. And I think I've talked about it before. But if I haven't talked about that before, well, I probably talked about this before too. But there's also a Miko Satamura match with Pete Dunne. 
um, from NXT, as you would know him from. And yeah, always a little bit awkward because it turns out he is um, the guy that would not be afraid to hit a girl. Thanks for checking out this episode. It's a little bit different, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes this season. Be sure to check out the rest of the episodes of the Basics Guide to Women's Wrestling. And yeah, follow us on Instagram. It's the Semi Basic. We're also on Twitter, the Semi Basic. And also check out Joseph's podcast, um, which is Take Under, strictly speaking, NXT. And if you're into Korean baseball organization, Viva Yagu is the other one. So have a good one.